What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. Joining today's Halftime Snack for the first time is an award-winning marketing executive who's an expert in social and digital media. He's currently the founder and CEO of MediaX Partners, and he's building Ricody. Ricody is a platform that allows fans to relive their favorite sports moments. Furthermore, Ricody serves sports brands through the digital portal that delivers fan engagement and provides new and different revenue sources. This episode will be packed with lessons in strategy, public relations, communications, and more. It is my pleasure to introduce Mr. Andrew Nor. I'm coming through the smoke right now, so I'm seeing lasers and confetti yeah. and everything. <laughs> I wish everybody could see this, but it's it's an amazing intro. Thanks, Rona. <laughs> yeah, I also visualize uh, Michael Jordan's entry, you know, when... When everyone was getting together to to receive him, so that's how we're getting together to receive you, Andrew. Uh, man, first of all, welcome to the halftime snacks. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Want to kick our conversation off with an icebreaker and let's make it a fun one. Let's say that I will tell you right now that you can only follow one person on Twitter the rest of your life. So who would it be? Well, that's a that's a, a fantastic question. Because I go back and forth between following people that you know are in the entrepreneurial world and, and things like that, and then uh, and then the the sports world. But uh, uh, one guy I really enjoy following. He covers uh, uh, college football. Is R.J. Young, and uh, uh, he he does a lot of great uh, a lot of great tweets. Of course, he he writes some incredibly good stories and things like that. So, cause I have, I have a great passion for college football. So, so he's some, he's somebody that I follow. I'm not a big celebrity uh, person, you know, someone to follow celebrities very much, uh, but it's, it's uh, probably that's again, why I'm in the business I'm in because I love sports so much. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great compliment to, to someone. If you tell them that you would be the only one that I would follow in Twitter, I think it's uh, yeah. I hope somebody says that about me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would definitely follow you too. You gave me one, and if RJ got off, it would be you. So there we go. All right, that man. Th thank you for the compliment. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it, Andrew. I'm so happy and so excited to have you here on the show. We're going to be talking about recovery, man, the story, and the things that you came up with to, you know, offer solutions to uh, sports brands, organizations. But let's just let's just kick it off with some you know interesting side element of fans, right? Because Recode is all about the fan. It's all about figuring out you know fan engagement and understanding what they do, what they value, what uh, what makes them tick. So I'm very curious to ask you, what do you think about like the behavioral changes in terms of like fans? But for comparing now and before the pandemic, is there anything different that you think fans are valuing, valuing, evaluating or appreciating more now than they did before or something, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the fan that is in the stadium, but it can also be the fan, you know, at home. So 
just give me your thoughts about what you see, what have you found out that is different in fans between now and the pandemic? That's a great question. Several of the key trends that we have noticed uh, in talking to fans and also talking to the, to the teams is uh, I think the fans are valuing live sports way more than they did before. And, and I think pre-pandemic, it just became something that we were all used to and we kind of took for granted, uh, even though we, we enjoyed it. Uh, but uh, we also came to know that there's uh, cardboard cutouts and piped in fan noise is no replacement uh, for a live event. Even if you're there, even if you're watching at home, you, you get uh, amped up as much from the crowd energy and the crowd noise as you were if, if you were there. That's just all part uh, of the experience. So I think fans have really come to appreciate the live experience more and I'm, I'm sure players do because they feed off uh, of that of that emotion uh, as, as well uh, but I, I think fans also realize that it has been taken away from them so they definitely want to keep it there so they're I think even wanting more feeling they want to feel closer to the team now they want to have more access to the team. And I don't, I think that's part pandemic. I think social media has in some ways mentally broke down these barriers that people feel like they have access now because they can tweet to somebody or post this, you know, somebody and, you know, in a hashtag or, you know, at somebody and they might get a response or that type of thing. So that, that's, that's a new, that's a, a dynamic that we're all kind of getting accustomed to. So I think fans, feel like that they are more a part of the team. Uh, I think what we saw, uh, what happened with the, uh, the Super League over in Europe, uh, when the fans kind of revolted and you saw the signs that said, we're fans, not customers. I think that's also a flip in the mentality too, that fans want to be treated more like they are part of the organization, that they're not just, dollar signs let's talk about ricotti let's talk about what it is what the story is and how you came up with it what really pain is what is the real pain that is addressing and um how exactly was it that you realized that this this pain existed the inspiration for ricotti came from my uh, father who was a uh, a minister for five decades and Uh, about 15 years into his retirement, he developed dementia and it came on really quick. And I had to kind of announce that, that he was going through, he was suffering through this because people were still wanting uh, him to be involved with their weddings and funerals and just other events because he had been involved with the generations before. They just couldn't think of him not being there. So once I, I made that announcement, I started getting notes and messages from people and pictures and videos of people sharing their favorite memories and how my father in, impacted them during their lives. And I thought, wouldn't it been cool if there was some kind of online digital scrapbook that they could have organized all these pictures and videos and told their stories, but also ask others to collaborate to come because that's that was the power of it is that all these people were part of a larger community that he had had affected 
and uh, uh, and there was really nothing out there that allowed you to to have that experience. So we built a prototype and took it out on the road and, and tested it uh, with uh, numerous influencers uh, in like in, in uh, food and travel and parenting and things like that to uh, to see how they would use it if they liked it. You know, obviously to get feedback. And we had tre tremendous feedback uh, on that front. But during that time, I had the opportunity to go in front of some sports teams to see uh, if there was a possibility for them to use it. And immediately, um, we had very, very positive feedback and, and understanding that this was a very unique way of leveraging the power of the memories that the team has created. And I think that was one one thing that we really strove for was really getting the teams to understand that the, 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 the emotional bonds that you have with your fans are, are by things that you have created through either games, attending games, interacting, you know, in the community, different things like that. Just th that emotional bond is really, really strong, but fans really don't have a way to kind of reciprocate, kind of give that emotion back to the team in a, in a really healthy, in a healthy way, you know, right now it's, if you have, you, you build up to an event, you're at this emotional apex, but it, you know, game day's over, everything kind of dissipates. And then you have to kind of build it back up again. And then obviously in the off season, you have to do something to kind of keep that interest uh, up. But, um, but we really found that the, the power of memories and letting people share those experiences back with the teams is an incredibly uh, effective way of keeping fan, of building fan relationships and keeping them at a high level uh, throughout the year. And then we also give the opportunity for the team to better understand each individual fan. So they're now building what we like to call emotional data files around individual fans in a way that they can't right now because the fans are basically sharing their memories. They're giving it to the team. They're saying here, this is what's important to me. Here's everything you want to know about me that, that really causes me to lo love the team. Here's who I love. Here's where I watch it. Here's who I watch it with. Here's what I drink when I watch it. Here's what I eat when I watch, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, and so it can become a really powerful, uh, way and we like to we like to take it more beyond fan engagement to really fan relationship because that's what it's about it's really building more personalized relationships with with your fans not just the one buying tickets but the ones that watch at the local sports bar every time or the ones that are at home or talking about it you know you know throughout the year because being a fan right now is a 24 7 365 experience yeah, and that's it's very interesting how you compare it to a relationship because it's funny because most of your friends or most of the people that you hang out with, and when you're with them, you're probably going to be, you know, talking about memories that you have together and you're going to be you're gonna be recalling the emotion that something happened, you know, oh, last, sat last Saturday, oh, we were at this bar, you know, enjoying. So relationships are really about memories and how those memories determine our identity as friends, I guess. And so I guess that it's, it applies the same way, you know, between teams and fans, you know, it's like taking that element of 
you know, oh, so yeah, we had this memory. You remember you were there, you were with this friend and you were, you know, you had these emotions. So kind of like feels like it's uh, really trying to build up a friendship more than, you know, a, a, another element of, of, of what the fan experience is really about, but it's, it really encapsulates all of it. So very interesting uh, point of view, Andrew. And I wonder what what what's in terms of like the technology behind it. What is the, what powers the the sort of like the workflow between you know creating the memory or I guess that it's about pictures and videos. So who creates the pictures and videos? Is it the fans or is it you know the 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 teams themselves? Um, so how are you guys leveraging technology or enabling you know different solutions through technology? What types and what is exactly like the workflow? Like how it works. Yeah, what um, what we have created is is a is kind of a SaaS model. So everything is available for the team, and they can brand it themselves. And this that's uh, very useful on on different levels. But uh, beginning, middle, and end really is the communication starts with uh, with texting. So when you create a book within Rakodi. Uh, it will generate a, a magic link that will be unique to that particular book, but also create a, create a code that then can be promoted in the arena on broadcast, um, th- but but really through the phone because we really want to leverage the phone for several reasons. Uh, the the most important thing is that you know you're dealing with a human that way. You're not you're not dealing with a social media burner account or that type of thing. So. Um, so the idea is that there, there's quick communication, so it can go out at any time. Uh, they can easily, you know, take the the content that's off their phones. But when they when they upload the pictures and the videos together, um, they're also encouraged to tell the story to that. So it's not because what we don't want is, you know, most kind of scrapbook, digital scrapbooks. Uh, you know, f- hardcover photo books, you know, those type of things. If, if it's just a picture, you're still looking and wanting to know, well, who is that? What's going on? You're still wanting to know the story behind it. So the app, it gives you the ability to tell the story with each picture and also w- with, with each video as well. And that's really important. So that gets sent back into a content management portal that that the team has and they own. Um and then they can then act easily access the content that they've created. So it's also valuable for them to repurpose social posts, animated GIFs, memes, all the things that they've posted on, you know, online, as well as the beautiful videos and, pic- and pictures that they have from, from their staff. So it, it's really melding the fan content with the team content to, to create something that's really and it's multimedia, so it's very immersive, it's very engaging, and it's something that you would want to relive over and over again, which is the back to the example that you gave of when you sit and you talk with people, you're reliving those moments, and that happens all the time. So this book is facilitating that same uh, experience, but also at that time, the, the teams are able to collect the data from the stories and then use that to build better, uh, better profiles around their fans to help them be more effective in their marketing messages. So they may figure out who their favorite player, you know, player is and have this universe of people in their database that 
love this certain player. So a marketing message could go out uh, with a video from that player or that player's picture on there or something like that. So now you've understood that I'm getting, I'm getting a message and I'm delivering it from a person that's going to cause this, cause the recipient to probably get more emotionally engaged with, with your call to action than they would have before. And then it also opens up quite a few new revenue opportunities, year-round revenue opportunities, because it, it, they are digital books. So there's sponsorships within the book. There could be ads within the book. We also incorporate an e-commerce component. So you can make a call to action for ticket sales or merchandise sales or, or things like that. But we also, another great aspect of Ricody is we give them a branded digital library where all these books can be housed that that ties into uh, their current web, uh, their websites uh, or, or their apps. So now they have a digital experience that they're in total control of, no algorithms to mess them up, but, but they get all the data too and, and in, in a way that they really can't right now. So that gives them a place where they can drive people in to really have a great ongoing experience around team branded content. What have you thought about regarding the privacy of uh, the people appearing in videos or people, you know, uploading videos from home? What is, what is up with that? Well, there, there's two steps involved. So one, by, by agreeing by saying yes to the method they want to be involved. So they've already agreed to be involved. And then when they upload their content, and we only, we're only limiting it to about six digital files. So it, it's a combination. If they want to do all pictures or all videos or a combination of both, they can do that. But before they click it, they click on a box that says, I agree to you know, allow whatever team to, you know, to use this for marketing and promotional purposes as well. But the teams are also, they, you know, they have great discretion on things that they use, but, but understanding that, again, they've made an invite. If you wanted to be involved, you're doing it. So the, the, the fan is doing it on their own volition. They're, they're not being forced. Nobody's scraping anything. Nobody's doing it. It's just, you know, here, here, you know, here it is. I wanted to be involved, you know, have, have fun using this content that I've given you permission to use. And I wonder essentially if, anyone can access anyone else's videos or if me as a fan can see what other fans react, how other fans reacted, or is, is this something that we can do like as a, as a, as a fan in, in, in the platform? Well, uh, if I understand uh, the question correctly, right, right now, the first version of a Cody is really the fans contributing to the team and then the team selecting what they want to use in combination with their content. Now they don't have to use everything that comes in, say for a particular event, because they, um, because of the multimedia aspect, say there was a, you know, uh, a, a winning shot and there was maybe 60 different versions of the winning shot from, I'm just saying from inside of the arena, then you have the fan reactions at home, but I'm just saying the winning shot inside the arena, there may have been 60 videos of, Uh, uploaded for that. Well, the team may say, you know, in tonight's book, we're only going to use 10 or, or 20, and we have these 40 left over, but those, all, all of the assets can be hashtagged and then stored. 
So then they could go back and say, you know what, we're in the off season, we're going to create a book called Our Favorite Moments of 2021. And then they can bring those other unused videos back in. So now you're getting a fresh book with fresh perspectives, and it's another way to reach out and connect with fans. And then obviously another way to generate revenue because you can have the book sponsored, you know, that, that type of thing. So that the books are available to every fan, right? They, they, well, gotcha. th there's, there's two ways they can, they can be available to every fan, but the teams can also create uh, personalized books and do it for, Uh, a, a group that may be there, a group that's like sitting in a luxury suite or say it mm. might be the little league team that came to see the Rangers uh, tonight. They can do it for that group. That That's one of the powers of it is that they can create very personalized memory books for, for groups, for specific groups, as well as the larger fan, as well as the larger fan base. So it, it really gives the team the power and the leverage to do things that would really have a long-term emotional impact on the targeted audience. Nice. Nice. I want to know if there's any lessons that you've learned about fans through MediaX and Ricody in general. Probably the, The biggest one is that uh, I think fans really, really want to be a part of the team. Uh, I think they felt that way for a long time, but I think now even more that uh, fans see sports uh, not only as uh, a viewing experience uh, or a pastime, but I think they see it as part of their family because sports probably has done something to create bonds with family and friends, just like you were saying. Uh, it, it, has, it, it has a great way of bringing everybody together, whether you agree on politics or religion or food or travel or fashion or whatever, but sports brings all, you know, all people together. And, uh, and I think fans really see and they crave that. And I, and I, I believe that it is now even more a part of our experience than, than what we had before. Would you say that fans didn't know that they had this pain of saving memories to relieve the special moments? Or is it that, you know, me as a fan, I usually... Let's say when I go to the stadium, I do one or a couple of videos or a couple of pictures, and then I save them on my own camera roll. And those, those are the things that I will eventually remember. So I want to know if, if this is like a pain that fans have, but they don't know they have because it's, a it's, like, it's like something that improves their experience in a way, but they don't know that it can improve, you know. Because as I mentioned, you, you might just go and do some pictures yourself and save them, save them for yourself. So... How exactly is it? Is this pain plugged in in the fan? And uh, is is this like is this going to be the future of fan engagement, or is this going to be like what's going to be changing the way we interact with each other in stadiums or at home, or is it going to change the the 
I don't know, the attitude of fans in the stands, you know, knowing that this is going to be maybe part of a, of a memory so they might cheer up louder or something. I'm just trying to, you know, go a little bit deeper on the idea of what, what this means for a fan really on a cognitive level. I, uh, that, that's a great question because I, I think the, the f fans want a place to store these memories to be able to relive it. I think they would, they definitely want to be able to share it with the teams and to have also to have the acknowledgement of the team that, Hey, thank you for sharing these memories. And by the way, those were so important to you, but they're important to us. And now it's part of this collection that we are creating that not only you can relive, but other fans can relive, but they can also be relived five or 10 years from now. If you want, you know, now it's become part of Dallas Cowboy history or Dallas Mavericks history, you know, what or whatever. And I, I think we all as humans crave that kind of connection and attention as well. We just don't know because it's, it's, there's really no other way right now to be this personal other than you might hashtag something on social media. But again, that gets lost with everything else. And it's really not in an organized fashion that you can really go back and, and understand and get a deeper appreciation of, of, of everything that, you know, that happened. And I think what's been exciting for us is when we've talked to teams, we've usually started with someone on the digital marketing side, but by the end of the discussion, they've involved someone from ticketing and from sponsorship because they get that this covers all of that. And that's what we want them to know, that this was really built by marketing person, marketing people with the eyes of helping them be better, more effective marketers and, and also to help generate sales. Because at the end of the day, the team still need to, need to make money. They, they need to be doing things, you know, that's, um, uh, and, and, and we want to be an effective tool in that where we are part of their ecosystem of, you know, this, this is content that's going to be shared on their other uh, social platforms, just like you would an article or anything else like that. So they're continuing to enhance their social presence, but we're also giving them the ability to now have a branded digital experience that they can control, they get the data they can keep the experience at a very positive level. It's not fighting with anything else. It's not fighting with cat videos and political arguments and vaccine conspiracy theories and things like that. It is all team branded content that, that again, all draws back to a very emotional tie that these fans have, not only with the team, but also with other fans as well. Well, that's uh, that's so fascinating, Andrew. I think that it, um, it's it's very it should be very cool to really be decoding the the mind of a fan and trying to deliver you know solutions for them through you know opportunities also to create revenues for the teams and really you know bring that relationship between you know as we mentioned me and friends. It's me and my team now closer. Uh, it's, it sounds super fascinating, Andrew. Uh, I'm delighted with everything that you've been mentioning and man, time, time has gone so fast that, um, man, gotta wrap it up because this is just a halftime snack, but 
I can't, I can't really leave without asking you a more personal question, Andrew. And my question for you is, what is your biggest dream? Wow. Let's see. Outside of owning an island in Greece, off of Greece somewhere, uh, to be, to really, to, to be honest, <laughs> one of my biggest dreams would be to meet David Ortiz uh, because I'm a big Red Sox fan. Uh, I just love, I just love his game. Uh, he's very special, but really because my wife uh, ad adores him uh, greatly. So try, <laughs> trying to make, make her happy, but no, I, he, he's someone that I've always admired. And of course he's generated a lifetime of memories for me. And, and I love his personality. Uh, I love what he's done for the city of Boston and, and what he's doing, you know, in, in, uh, in his retirement as well. But uh, that that would actually be a big a big dream of mine would be able to sit down and have a dinner and I might light a cigar I don't think I could smoke it like he could smoke it but uh, I might even try if he if he asked me to so well David Ortiz man if you're listening to this man you gotta go grab some dinner or some snacks maybe some halftime snacks you know with some, some just some snacks just snacks. a snack if it's snack time with Ronan, it's snack time with Big Poppy. That's all. I'm let's go. Ask. Let's go. All right, Andrew, man, I want to wrap this, this thing up, man. Thank you so much for coming to the Halftime Snacks. It has been an absolute pleasure to hear you and listen and 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 learn from you. Uh, Ricody and everything that you guys are doing at MediaX is so interesting. I told you that I'm, I'm, I'm so jealous that you guys get to decode fans that I, I hope that I get to do it with you guys one day. Uh, but for now, thank you so much for coming to the Halftime Snacks. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports, make sure you subscribe to the Sports Tech Biz newsletter. I'll leave the link in the show notes. See you all next week. Bye-bye.